0: Literally on one, Dexter got out of his bed and started walking towards me. Oh, are we going to get some, you? some buffs? Oh no, he's back down on the ground. <laughs> so Dexter is Johnny's dog and
1: he doesn't do woofs, he does buffs.
0: Which they're, on a, they're on a spectrum so he does do woofs but a buff is like a um, it's what happens before a bark so he would do like buffs at something that's like, like buff, buff uh, something that he thinks might be outside of KPI but isn't sure okay it's a warm up set mm, no because it, it might just be all he does might be all he does so it, okay. let's say so he has a, a noise at, like,
1: at RPE 5
0: or 6 like 2 or 3 okay yeah because an RPE ten is when the woofs are so intense that they join together, so it's like wah, 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 wah. so they're not distinct reps. It's just like this melee of noise. I see. And that's then woofs. Woofs are probably from a seven. Seven to a nine is a woof, and then ten is the continued. And then anything below a seven is like so you wouldn't really record it. It's not training, but it's still you can't say well I didn't do anything. I see. It's kind of junk volume that
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depends on it is, the, yeah. prox- the proximity of the- Like, if
0: all he did was buffs, like, no one would really hear him. It wouldn't have any impact. Like, it's only really him and people sat next to him who hear the buffs. But the point of the buffs is to, to like, stop that or don't come in here. Whatever I'm okay. trying to
1: communicate. If the postman's within radius of the house, but not, not sure if he's coming in or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... You also have a ring doorbell. I do have a ring doorbell. Yes, and has it has
0: it come into use yet? Like is have is you this found building any... up to something? Is this where you tell me that like you were naked on my on my driveway this morning but... and I didn't notice? <laughs> oh, that's what that naked man. That was... um, so it's just because of the petrol
1: price thing. I saw someone recently got a ring doorbell and stuck it above their petrol cap. God, but to me it seems like what if they just steal
0: the ring doorbell as well yeah because it's screwed into the wall it's not like like how have they attached it or just probably a sticker <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, actually it's been really useful um can we describe like, what it is for anyone who's who's not as much of a dweeb as we are i think for they're pretty tech. common at this point but yeah so they so it's a it is a doorbell made by ring that's now owned by amazon that you have in place of your doorbell and when you ring it it does still make a noise there is a chime and you can buy a chimes that it functions as a doorbell but there's an app and it's a camera so when my doorbell goes i get a notification saying either there is motion at your door so someone's walked past walked past so close that it's gone past like the threshold sensitivity so it doesn't pick up people you can adjust the sensitivity to it or it wow. says there is someone at your door, so someone has rung the doorbell. You can then view them live, and you can speak to them. So a week or so ago, uh, we were out. Amazon delivery came, and I just—he answered. He rang the door. I just picked, like, pick up the phone to him and said, "Can you just leave it behind the?
1: Oh, i will not you where great. I leave
0: things. But can you? Oh, just sorry, I'm just the, recording a podcast. Can you leave can it outside? Can you just leave it in, in the special place? And he's like, "Oh, yeah, no problem." So you can see, uh, well, the, the nicest thing is like we get quite a few like cold call type stuff. I know you do as well. Like people selling stuff or, and you've got that thing, don't you, where you ring the doorbell. I don't have one of those little PPI hole things. So it's, you ring mm-hmm. the doorbell, someone rings the doorbell and you think, well, it could be them. And then you just straight into, oh, would you like to hear about our Lord and yeah. Savior Jesus Christ? Oh, damn and you it. can't like, really, it's not like putting the phone down, is it? You can't really just like slam the door. You've got to sort of let them say, it's a very British problem, isn't it? You've got to let them say like a bit of their thing. And they go, I'm really sorry I'm on the phone or something like that. Whereas now I just vet it look at it and go, no. no That's great. Just pretend you're not in. It's, it's the same vein of problem
1: as like when they show you the back of your head with mm-hmm. a mirror. Yeah, and you're t- like, too late. Mm, great, yeah, thanks. Yeah.
0: What do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> it's a subscription app as well, isn't it? The ring. Yeah. So this caught me off guard. I didn't know this when we, when we bought one. So the doorbell itself is not subscription. And, like, the main function of the doorbell is not a subscription, so you can view live footage anytime without a subscription. But if you want to scroll back, so, like, let's say I wake up and it says there was someone at your door at 5 a.m., I couldn't do anything with that unless oh, I pay really? the, like... So,
1: question is, then, does it record and then go, oh, there was someone at your door,
0: if you'd like to see it, upgrade It doesn't do here. that. No, it doesn't do that. Why not? Because it would be going of- off constantly. They sent, they, they, so you get a free trial. I think you get a 30-day free trial of the scrolling back thing, um, which I actually think is... Because I think the thing I quite like about it, apart from anything else, is it's a bit of a security feature as well because it like covers the front of your house. So if anyone was to like be trying to break in, you would know by just having a doorbell. You'd see them scoping the, the area. Or, like, you would just like see them at the door. So like, well, people can't approach your door without you knowing. It's not just when the doorbell goes off. So this is what I'm asking them, I
1: suppose, is if... <laughs> what are you thinking about buying one? Well, I'm, no, I'm just thinking from their business perspective, that if they recorded 24-7 and then something happens and they send you a mystery notification that goes, uh, Oh, I see. Something's happened. We've
0: recorded it, don't worry, but you've got to pay to see it. So, that, yeah, I think, to be honest, I think it's like $2 a month or something. Like I think most people, if you have bought a ring doorbell to be priced out at the like the monthly 20 yeah. quid a year thing um, would be unusual because that is, it is a very useful feature. But I think their main, I think the reason why Amazon bought it is if you think about it, like you get stuff delivered mainly from well, most people, I think mainly from Amazon and it's then amazon integration isn't it from yeah, them they own access to your to your eventually they'll own They own because they also bought um i can't remember the name of it it's a lock company that you can Instead of having a key you can open it with your phone so it's like a keypad
1: i was going to buy one of them and then i right. saw some reviews about them being
0: Hackable. pretty bad yeah yeah but like i think eventually that'll that'll be the default right like people won't have keys it'll be a a cardless like a a keyless entry with a card or your phone it'll be the the chip that was put in from our Pfizer vaccines that you just like that'll just grant you access to certain depending on you how many Instagram followers you have that'll (laughs) what doors you can get into yeah
1: if there was a premium version of the ring subscription that was $10 a month or $20 a month what feature would you like to have in it that's not already there Like, squirty water, would that be useful? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> like, it'd be fun. Like to hear about be... our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, squirty water.
0: <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> I think some kind of, like, some kind of machine learning. So, it would need to, like... Because I'm trying to think what would make my life easier. Well, if it just saw someone coming saw their face and go no 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 we've not let you in before and it just like doesn't let the doorbell be used or something like that do you know like tries to tries to learn what I do like who I open the door to and tries to like preempt it what if someone got a picture of your face made a cardboard cut out of it and
1: wore it as a mask and wore stilts and like walked towards your house and then it thinks that it's you they would have to be a little person,
0: so little that they require stilts <laughs> for the long legs. They'd have to be. Like, oh, I see. But I, I mean, I'm six one, so that for them to require stilts, we're talking someone who's <laughs> pretty tall, pretty small. <laughs> and also has like quite a lot of like evil intent as well, and a lot of like resource and planning because they've. Uh, anyway, so yeah. It depends I see how point. good the AI is as well. Like if it's got gate analysis then they'd have to replicate yeah. your gait, but in stilts. That's like a really hard task. I've thought of a better feature. Something like canned responses for my doorbell. So just dealing with like, you know, so you press the doorbell and they're not a verified user. So I haven't done the facial recognition for them. I see. Them. And then it so goes, are, it goes, are you interested like, in muscle you... gain or fat loss? Um, <laughs> <laughs> click here. What do you like? What? Are, why are you here? What are you calling for? Say the answer into the doorbell. Like It just does pre-screening for me. Or yeah. when I'm not in the house, right, it, it'll know I'm not in the house because obviously it's Amazon and then they know most things. So it'll be like, well, no one's home. So when when the doorbell rings and it's a delivery, I have it preset to standard, like maybe a rotation of safe spaces around the around the front of the house, like places like under the car, behind the, behind the certain wow. wheel. Behind a rotation the of park. safe spaces. Well, you don't want it to be the same one, do you? Yeah, that's very KGB. I like it. Because then the, then the delivery
1: driver starts learning. So it's got to be smart enough for the
0: machine, but not enough for the delivery driver to catch on. Mm. Wow. So, can response is some kind of triage service, um, managing my door when I'm not in the house, maybe some kind of security. They sell like cameras as well, so you can buy like security cameras. It all integrates with your and you buy alarm systems. All integrates with your Ring system. I, re, a massive fan. Uh, to be honest, I think everything that Amazon make, I find really good. Like I'm, I've not been never been disappointed with a purchase I've made from Amazon. That as in that they produce like Kindles good, Audibles good, Primes good, Rings good. You have an Alexa as well, don't you? Yeah. So a friend of ours has
1: one and was having some fun time with his wife. And Alexa just went, Hmm, that's nice. And he was like, Right, we're putting it downstairs. What did he say? <laughs> Put it, a jigsaw. He's just said playing connect four upstairs with connect his wife for. in bed, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The the Alexa thing, I I don't think I have enough uses for an Alexa. Like I really I think they're really good. But I don't I just don't use it enough. You know, like people will like keep their shopping lists on their Alexa and order things on Amazon um, through their Alexa. I don't. I've not gone that far down that route yet. Makes me feel a bit nervous that you can. You know, like the one-click purchase stuff on Amazon, where you don't Uh need to um, put your password in. You just press buy now. You can set your Alexa up to just one-click purchase.
1: But then someone could come to your house and be like,
0: Alexa, buy fifteen cans of cat food on subscription. You're like, ah. There's a. There's a couple (laughs) of my friends that. When they got Alexa's, so it was, you know, be like, Alexa, buy MacBook Pro 15 inch. no. <laughs> <you>, because <laughs> <you, yeah. laughs> it's like a two grand problem, right? <laughs> like, and with Amazon, it just bills you. There's no, like, are you sure? Do you definitely want to go ahead with this? You just, two grand down. Well, you, you have a friend that bought two Teslas <laughs> accidentally. Well, sounds terrible When drunk <laughs> no he didn't buy he didn't buy Tesla's he, put, he they released the Model 3 in the UK so you could put a deposit down to reserve one and it was on New Year's Eve and he'd had a lot to drink and he got convinced to reserve a Tesla so it's a, I think it was a thousand quid which is like a, not a you know it's not a small decision so he built up to this and realised the next morning so he was like tried to do it and it apparently didn't go through first time um so did it again, and it went through. They got him twice. So we've got two Teslas coming. I think he cancelled both. To be honest,
1: that's that's regret, lucky. Regret, because you'd think they could just be like, "Well, no, you—they're on their way now."
0: So I think we've ordering, started making them. I think, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, so um, Ben, I think pre-ordered one. Quite a few people I know actually pre-ordered Teslas, and I think when they get released. it doesn't mean anything that you pre-ordered it because you can still just buy one anyway i think it's just elon musk's way of like crowdfunding uh, creation of tesla
1: there is something that there's some funny market um, arbitrage behavior that means that apparently if you this is the second-hand market for things like lamborghinis and ferraris can often be more expensive than new ones because of the the lead time of ordering one to one being manufactured and you can just like put in a bunch of orders basically sweep up the market and then sell them at a
0: markup yeah it's like that now with new cars i think mainly because of like microchips and certain parts and obviously covid and brexit and lots of things made firstly the wait time be insane like a year two years or you just can't buy the new version because they're just there aren't enough in production so if you manage to get one of the new ones people are doing like 10 20 grand markups on a 30 grand car ridiculous but it's just supply and demand isn't it it must be weird being a dealership for for new cars because people come in and say like um you know because they i assume they can't let's say you're like a, a Volks, volkswagen dealership you're getting all, your, I assume that everything comes from Germany, probably, like w- wherever they're manufactured, and you just can't get them. And um, load, you've got a huge waiting list. If it was just your business, you would just up the price, wouldn't you? But it's a dealership that's licensed in the UK to sell that car at that price. Like that's that list price. You can't just change the the, the new price for that car, <laughs> I assume. I see. So you're just stuck, like. They can't sell more n- of them. They can't mm. fulfill the demand. They can't change the price. They're just like, sorry, can't can't help you. Go buy a second-hand one for 10 grand more. There's a
1: really good video from an economist talking about how to get a car for the best price without leaving your house. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and he says, what you do is you call up a bunch of car dealerships within the area that you're willing to travel. So let's say you say 50 miles, 100 miles, call them all up and say, hi, I am buying this car at this model at 5 p.m. today to the person that gives me the best price. (laughs) (laughs) Parameters are set. Yeah, call me back with the best
0: price and then if it is, I'll buy it. And then you like make them compete against each other, right? So like you get, you ring one back and say, well, I've had this price from this person. You can ring him and check. What can you give me that's better? (laughs) And then you ring the original guy back and say, this guy's countered your offer. How can we improve it? I have the air conditioning as well. Brilliant. There we go. So,
1: on that note, we wanted to go through a golden oldie. This is from back in the day when, if you've been, if you're old enough to know about the the, the T Nation forums and the day when you'd just be going on a, a mad bloat to try and increase your squad. this is from Dave Tate. And I should say this is from the Elite FTS archives, probably or most likely, 2015. Yeah, so it's probably it not be, something it must that it must Dave be older than that though. Must be. Uh, yeah, it is. It's this is from the classic, so they must have reposted it in 2015. This is probably not what Dave agrees with anymore, and it was very much for a specific result, and it's not health advice, certainly not medical advice.
0: Um, but so Dave, we, we should maybe. Like, clarify who Dave is as well. So, Dave is a, maybe was a, probably isn't doing it anymore. He was a powerlifter in some US federation, competed at Westside Barbell, which, if you've probably heard of them, if you're all into weight training, um, competed in like multiply suits, so equipped lifting. He must have squatted a thousand pounds. He'd have squatted, he'd have benched probably like 700, 800 pounds, like crazy, crazy numbers. So, everything in this article is geared towards the objective of lifting as much weight as humanly possible.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a serious lifter. And mm-hmm. if you want abnormal results, you've got to do abnormal things. So with that health caveat in mind...
0: With we that, are. Definitely do not do this yourself caveat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, we, we came close to doing this, but... My family never knows if the skinny or fat Dave will show up. My weight has fluctuated as high as three fifteen and as low as two twenty three on several occasions. That's just in pure bloat. Like this is impressive. So that is what, like, a hundred and forty kilos. What was the other one? Two hundred and twenty three. A hundred kilos. Yeah.
0: So that's a forty kilo swing. <laughs> Surely that's not all bloat. I don't know. No, I no. I think he, is he not just saying like whether depending on how like hard he's gaining right because i imagine (laughs) like to maintain because he's not a tall guy dave like i don't know how tall he is but he'll be i don't know he's under six foot significantly under six foot so to be 140 kilos at that height is you've got to be pretty round big yeah
1: (laughs) what makes it better is when you get pulled aside and given the health talk by your mother or family doctor so what this is The 27 reasons to be big is always a good one. I like taking an extra few minutes in my car to catch my breath from walking across the parking lot. I like having to roll off the bench press instead of sitting up. I like having to think, is this really worth getting up for before doing anything? I like the feeling of my belly on my upper thighs when I take a dump. Sometimes I even try to sit back further, fill my belly with air and blast away like I would a big squat. (laughs) I like being asked, are you a wrestler? Yeah, like I have the mobility to jump off the top rope. I like the feeling of needing to take a dump all day long. (laughs) I like the lower back workout I get from walking across the room. Like, this is how you feel when you're at the pinnacle of a bulk, where you've really specialised your body for three lifts and going upstairs becomes a real challenge because you're just not built for it. I think we probably... so what's the heaviest body weight you ever got to 91 kilos is five, foot, is that? five foot eight i thought you got heavier than that that, that was it? pretty i was getting like shin splints all the time just from, <laughs> from existing just pumping your lower back from going up the stairs um
0: yeah yeah it was rough so mine was a mine was not that long ago mine was 106 kilos At so six it, one Yes, that's heavy, but it it definitely can sort of empathise with some of those, like not the not the like belly resting on your legs or like having to roll off a bench press, but I think just this general feeling of like, oh god, here we go, like another day of this. Really, like constantly (laughs) eating past satiety, constantly because I think at some point, like even if you're being sensible with weight gain, um if it's like a weight class sport and you're trying to gain, you're just trying to add muscle or trying to add body weight for the sake of it, you do just have to push past what's like comfortable, which is a weird feeling, right? Because most people are so used to dieting all the time and being hungry all the time. So the thought of like, oh, well, if I could just be fully what I want, that'd be great. But if oh. when you have to do that every day, it's suddenly like not that fun anymore. It's a real ordeal. Yeah, it's I, I'm, I much prefer
1: dieting compared to, like, all-out bulking. I mean, luckily, we we don't recommend bulking as in, in the sense of bulking because it's just a lot of waste of time because you have to spend so much longer undoing it, trimming the fat, yeah. yeah. I like knowing that when I go to take a dump, I have a very good chance of getting lat cramp when I go to wipe. This will always lead to the quick wipe and ultimately a dirty ass. Jim has always suggested the use of baby wipes to finish the job, But let's face it, do I really want to risk the lat cramp again? I'd much rather hit the shower to
0: finish the job. That is is your Jim Wendler of five three one fame. That's not just any gym. (laughs) (laughs) You'll need to get a detachable shower head so you can
1: get a direct line of fire. If all else fails, you can ask your sweetheart to help finish the job. See I'm never I'm No. I refuse to hit the point where I ask my partner
0: to help wipe my bum. Unless you have do like this. A, a good medical reason, I think.
1: Yeah. You need to lie on your back and lift your legs up as far back as you can. This will give her the perfect view to get the job done. I do know of at least three lifters who take care of their hygiene this way. They
0: call it assuming the position. My God. Goodness me. Is this the article that has the actual diet recommendation in it? Like, So the- that's
1: what I was looking for, but I, we got caught up with all this... Um, Assuming the position business. Here we go. Oh my God. He's really thought about this.
0: I'm not sure this is the same article. Oh, here we go. Here we
1: are. Right. (laughs) Sliced bread is a food that somehow has gotten a bad rap, especially by those looking to get into a pair of skinny jeans while they drink their non-fat latte. Bread can be a magical thing, but you need to find a way to stuff in some extra carbs. The key is to smash the bread in as much as possible, so it doesn't take up much space in your stomach. Remember, you, you don't want to be full, you want to eat a lot of carbs. Smash up the bread and swallow it down. Iced apple juice can be grand. If you are down to the wire in desperate need of getting those last few grams to make your bloat, I will let you on to a small secret desperation move. Stand over the sink... Put a loaf of sliced white bread to the left of the sink and a jar of honey to the right of the sink. Now take a spoon. Remember, all bulking foods can either be eaten with bare hands or a spoon. Get a big gob of honey, slap it onto the bread, lean over the sink, and shove it into your mouth. A few important things here that I've learned from hard-nosed experience. An apron should be worn across your chin to protect your beard. Honey is not something you want to get stuck in your beard at this point. Have the chin strap changed from string
0: to elastic you have chin to strap on what? oh on the apron on the apron right do you have a chin strap on an apron
1: so he must be wearing the apron around his face oh right god um, really prepared um
0: okay. i don't think this is the same article
1: always have a fan near the sink You're going to get to the point where you're so bloated that you're sweating non-stop, and you don't want to lose any fluids. (laughs) A fan can do a long can go a long way in keeping those fluids inside. Make sure the cold water is turned on, as it serves two purposes. One, it keeps the sink clean as you spill breadcrumbs and honey all over it. Your wife will be so freaking impressed that you've cleaned up after yourself. I mean, you have no idea. This is not the article. This isn't the one. But I have found it. I have found the article good. So, the, the, this is one that I've I found earlier because it's a it's a great compliment to it. But um, we'll go on to the uh, the other. So side this is
0: of a this is an excerpt. So this, I suppose this is like how Dave gets there because that that article you're reading there is by a guy called Clint Darden, right. who uh, is Dave's mate. <laughs> He's another uh, elite FTS powerlifter. Um, the link I've just sent you is. Um, um, It's it's like a snippet from a T-Nation forums called the West Side Bulking Diet. Apologies, Clint, for...
1: um, (laughs) For (laughs) Of this bread thing. Just to finish off the bread thing is, it says once the nausea sets in, your hands, wrists and forearms run them completely under cold water so you don't get fully sick. Um, And it also means that if you've got the tap running then if you are sick
0: it's okay because it just gets washed down I mean when you're having to like structure your life such that um like to to maximize or to like minimize the satiety effect you get from food and maximize the amount of food you can physically put in your in your body I think that's the that's when it's gone far too far isn't it except a slower rate of weight gain (laughs) (laughs) So that second link I've sent you is there like the expanded version. So I'd, uh, uh, that's the one. Have a, have a look at the second link and then scroll to the bottom of the article by Nate Green. I think this might be like, this might be the OG article 2009, 5th of October, 2009 and then the link for Nate Green (laughs) it's it's number 36 tip number 36 number 36 oh here we go
1: oh so they're both the same this is just the slightly expanded version right excellent
0: excellent um would you like to do the honours sure I'm gonna have to read it off my screen because I can't read it off yours uh Here's a quick story. There was a time at Old West Side Gym where I couldn't gave, gain weight to save my fucking life. There was this dude who trained there who could just put on weight like fucking magic. I might I might remove some of the expletives because Dave's a bit bit sweary. Uh, he'd go to 1, 198 to 308 and then to 275, then back to 198, and he was never fat. It was amazing. I finally asked him one day how he did it. You mean I never told you the secret to gaining weight? Come outside and I'll fill you in. And he goes on to uh, continue the preamble. Before he said... So this is, this is the diet that Dave followed to gain weight. For lunch, you're going to eat Chinese food. Now, I don't want you eating that crappy stuff. You want to get the stuff with MSG. None of that non-MSG bullshit. I don't care what you eat, but you have to sit down and eat for at least 45 minutes straight. You can't let go of the fork. Eat until your eyes swell, but your eyes swell up and become slits and you start looking like the woman behind the counter. I mean, that's horrendous. Oh, God. We should have pre- <laughs> pre-read this. For dinner, you're going to order extra large pizza with everything on it, literally everything. If you don't like sardines, don't put them on. But anything else, uh, anything else that you like, you have to load it up, load it up on there. After you pay the delivery guy, I want you to take the pie, go to your coffee table, open it up, grab a bottle of oil. It can be olive oil, canola oil, or whatever. Anything but motor oil. And I want you to pour that all over the pie until half the bottle is gone. Just soak the shit out of it. Let's just um, let's just pause there to just clarify. So let's say the average bottle of olive oil is what like. Five hundred mil, yeah, and so two hundred and fifty mil of oil is probably two hundred and fifty grams of fat, there or thereabouts. So that's already two and a half thousand calories. And two (laughs)
1: hundred
0: and fifty mil, yeah, half a bottle. Is that right? Small bottle. Two two hundred and fifty mil equate to two hundred and fifty grams, probably something like that. Yeah. So so it's and nine calories per gram, calories roughly. Two two to two and a half. And that's added on top of a pizza that has already had all of the toppings put onto it (laughs) apart from sardines. And then you're adding, you're just adding carelessly two and a half thousand calories to it. For our British audience as well,
1: if you've been to the States, you'll know that a pizza you get over here is always considered a small compared to what you get in the States.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The sizes are ridiculous. Yeah yeah um okay so now before you lay into it i want you to sit on your couch this is so much swearing so much swearing in this article and racism i want you to just stare at it i want you to understand that that pizza right there is keeping you from your goals this guy is in a zen-like state when he's talking about this now you're on the clock he continues after 20 minutes your brain is going to tell you you're full don't listen to that shit. You have to try and eat as much of the pizza as you can before that twenty-minute mark. Double up pieces if you have to. I'm telling you, you're going to get three or four pieces in, and you're going to want to quit. You can't quit. You have to sit on the couch until every piece is done. And if you can't finish it, don't ever come back to me and tell me you can't gain weight because I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you that you don't give a fuck about getting bigger and you don't care how much you lift. And I it's think quite motivational. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we read that at a time because you. you 2009, like you went through a period of time where you struggled to gain weight, right? Like that was your initial problem. I embraced the Dave Tate lifestyle and it it worked. (laughs) I think it's, there's a nice like zero bullshit frame around that. Like it's just, you just have to eat a calorie surplus. It's like, listen,
1: you you want a bloat? Telling you, look at that pizza, sit and stare at it and realize that it is standing in your way between you and your goals. Like what a... Mm. What a powerful statement if it wasn't directed towards talking to a pizza. (laughs) Covered in oil.
0: (laughs) You know, sometimes you get a takeaway or a pizza then like, it's a bit oily. It's a bit too oily. Do you know what I mean? It kind of takes away from it a little bit. Like, obviously, there's there's oil on, on a pizza. You can't get away from that. But it can quite quickly actually become too oily. But it's never because
1: the chef has just been pouring oil on the pizza in the back like it's because of the
0: oils and the cheese and yeah. everything else there's absolutely yeah it's not you're not it's not being deliberately drenched because i think to get to get i mean we're also assuming here like a 500 ml bottle of oil is probably quite like a conservative small bottle of oil like if you've got as soon as you go to the sort of the semi-industrial like ones that would be in a kitchen that they talk talking yeah. liters. I mean, we, we don't even know if Americans use
1: 500ml bottles. Like, that's, that's probably a pediatric size bottle yeah. of oil. Well, if it's there.
0: a litre bottle and you're talking 500ml of oil, that is, I mean, you are talking really pint. serious calories. Yeah, a pint of oil. But, you know, I, there's, there's part of the view behind the article, aside from the, the racism and the swearing, which I don't agree with. So a bit of swearing's fine, but when it's when it's overdone, it takes it takes some of the the fun away. I think. Um, But the, I think like if someone's like, I can't gain weight, and you're like, well, are you eating a calorie surplus? Like, yeah, 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 I'm definitely eating a calorie surplus. Like, well, are you sure you're eating a calorie surplus? Are you tracking it? How, do you like feel full after every meal? i like, yeah, 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 I do. I think that what that article is attacking is that problem. And from like a guy who trains at Westside who just has a zero nonsense attitude to everything about training and diet, I kind of get it. But yeah. it's obviously, ex- it's extreme.
1: That's a good point. It's almost, I don't know if it's satire. I don't know if it's like... Probably for him it, it isn't.
0: I think for him <laughs> it's, he'll be deadly
1: serious. It's its written from a, yeah, you, it's like the annoyance at people coming to him being like, oh, I'm mm. a hard gainer. And he's like, no, you're
0: not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just aren't trying hard enough. Aside from it being like quite an unhealthy thing to do, an unhealthy relationship with the f- with food and goals and all that sort of stuff, I think the he's got the right intention behind it. I think he's yeah. trying to be helpful.
1: It's a nice core lesson as well, that actually, if you think you're not getting results, if you try applying overwhelming force, <laughs> see what happens.
0: <laughs> well, and the like... Um, are you really doing everything you could do? You know, like, oh, I'm stuck or I can't get stronger. It's like, well, have you tried just benching six days a week? And then, oh, no, I can't do that because, right, well, you don't care. You don't care enough. That's it. There's something to be said for
1: just throwing yourself dick and balls into something (laughs) and then calibrating afterwards and pulling it back.
0: Yeah, find where the limit is and then find what's maintainable. So, would you rather have the ability to produce honey
1: from a special honey stomach or be able to make a pearl in your kidney every 10 years? Now, I've got a couple of caveats for this, Johnny. Okay. Um, The honey, you would sick it up through your mouth and it would produce one kilogram per day and you could eat it or you could sell it to members of the public. the pearl each only one, members
0: of the public yeah okay well I mean sell it
1: to everyone can't I friends and family if Smart you want honey. to yeah. yeah and then the
0: pearl would be worth
1: 8,000 pounds but you would have to pass it in with your
0: urine out of your urethra okay so 800 quid a year so the question is what is the current price of honey is it like Manuka honey? Can I say it's Manuka honey? I suppose
1: we'll have to stress test it, won't we? We'll have to perform a Carlos uh, sensitivity analysis to, to see what money. the rate... It's
0: probably, I think even like Tesco value honey, it's probably... I think you get more than 800 quid a year from it. Is it a yeah. kilo, did you say? A kilo a day? Kilogram. So, so the, I think the only clincher for me is... Can I, can I time when I produce the honey? Do I get to decide when the when the honey's produced? Or is it randomly vomited? Yeah, and is it all in a sitting? I think if I can decide it and it's in one sitting, honey every time, because you just get used okay. to it. And I actually think you would develop like it's it's just like ab training, isn't it? So you'd actually get in
1: better shape from it pearl is an interesting one like because i think if we if we were to normalize for price if we just say the pearl produces it, it's, it's 40 grand or, yeah yeah whatever the the 10 year value of a kilogram of honey is mm. then would that change your decision
0: it would because yeah. vomiting every day versus one not, very uncomfortable day it's not only that it's like the buying and selling as well because like you're not going to be oh, in the situation sure. where you shift the kilo daily like you're going to build up backlogs you're going to have to store it label it market it fulfillment like you'd That's have really you, you have someone come and say like oh i've just opened a new cafe we want we want 10 kilos of honey or like whatever's a reasonable amount of honey to buy and batch sorry can't do that you can have I to am. wait 10 days yeah be like yeah be like brexit but with <laughs>
1: you've got a linear pipeline that you can't accelerate
0: you can't can't. accelerate, you can't slow down versus this like once a a decade thing that would be I imagine incredibly painful Mm. maybe even damaging, like permanently damaging I think Uh, that's the other thing to consider
1: yeah true, I don't know how big an 8000 pound pearl would
0: be I think too big for for your urethra certainly Mm. I know that much Wise, <laughs> very wise. <laughs> but yeah, if if you can give me more for the pearl, like you go back to the person who asked you the question, who's setting up the scenario, and say, look, Johnny's keen, but we've, we've, there's got to be some movement on the pearl. You got to give him more for the pearl.
1: <laughs> I'll I'll have a word, and we can
0: yeah, we can take it from there. Be cool.
1: So today we wanted to tap into Johnny's advertising expertise for facebook ads and youtube ads because we've been asked what are some common mistakes that online coaches make with facebook ads so i think it's something that we get a lot of people come to us who have tried facebook ads and have concluded oh they don't work or i've tried it and it wasn't profitable so i've now switched to doing organic or high ticket or whatever else
0: um but we're quite we're quite
1: bullish on Facebook ads as a whole.
0: Mm, well, not on ads on ads. Yeah, not on Facebook ads, but on ads. The uh, so there's a couple there's a couple of very common like in like beginner mistakes. I think the first one is, well, the first like baseline one, which I think we may have even spoken about like last podcast or in a recent bit of content. Or I mean, like, it's recent for me, but in, in content land, it may have been months ago. not sure. I couldn't even tell you which bit of content it was. <laughs> but at some, <laughs> at some point in the past, we spoke about this era of, like, thinking ads are the, the fix-all. So you don't have... Like, if you imagine this, like, ads get clicks, basically, at the most basic level. Like, they get a click from a certain type of person. So unless you know that when someone clicks on something they're going to give you their email address and they're going to do this step and they're going to do this step and they're going to do this step and then a certain percentage of them buy on average, then it's just guessing. So like ads are really good at getting clicks. It's very rarely the ad's fault. It's what happens after the click, right? So that's the thing that makes the ad work really. So you pay these platforms to show bit images, videos to your, your market and hopefully your market click on them like if the ad's done the work and the targeting's right. But after that, it's not ads that's the problem. It's everything else um but assuming you've got the funnel set up and assuming all that's working generally what people do so if we talk about like instagram and facebook and we did this is they press like boost post or they use like ads manager on their phone and will like promote a post that's just a bit of content that doesn't even have a link in it to their friends like people who like their page or their friends or something like that and wonder why it doesn't really do anything um it's like
1: what did you expect would happen like what's the post so so I guess what you're saying there is the the post that you're boosting is the thing that you should be focusing on it's not because otherwise if you just push a bunch of traffic to it and the post doesn't have a proven track record of producing a certain outcome Mm -hmm. then more of that isn't going to do anything
0: yeah and the response is generally like well I was trying to grow my following or get more followers it's like well all you're doing there is imagine you've just, you've got this huge room with loads of good things in the room. And you're saying like, oh, everybody come in this room and just, you just sort yourself out. And hopefully some of you will ask me, ask to see if you want to work with me. Like there's loads of bits of content on your Instagram, but they'd probably be best consumed in a certain sequence. They'd probably, like people will have questions. People might just click on it and then disappear again. Um, and so it's, it's a very like it's obviously it's nice like more followers isn't a problem but you're spending money to do that so if you're going to spend money to do that you better have some kind of reliable mechanism to to try and get the money back again but, or you you need a an infinite pot of money which not very many people have um so that's that's one of them so like pressing boost post being uh sort of like picking bits of content that we're, we were never really going to work anyway and thinking that ads will fix the problem um the, the other one is, which is a, a bit more of an advanced problem, is like sometimes people will have a funnel that works. They will... Um, they realize that they have to go through their ads manager properly and set things up properly and install a Facebook pixel and all this sort of stuff. And then they will put 10 interests in their ads. So they'll think, right, what might my target market do on social media? Like, oh, well, if they, they watch... This TV show, they read this magazine, they follow this influencer, they're into Weight Watchers, they use the My Fitness Pal app. So you throw all those audiences into Ads Manager and you get an audience that's 200 million people and you turn ads on for 10 pounds a day. And all you're doing is, it's a, a droplet in a, an ocean of an audience from, a, from Facebook's perspective. So that the chance of them finding in that 200 million people, what, your target market is pretty slim. But also let's say it did work Which audience was it? Which interest was it? There's too many variables at once. So that's not generally how we recommend testing things. So you might have spent, you might spend 500 pounds and all of that 500 pounds might have been on audiences that were never going to work anyway. But you would just say, well, all of those things don't work because I tried all of them at once. The same with images, the same with ad creative, ad copy, targeting options, settings, like you want to isolate the things that you're testing and do it in a scientific systematic way. Because what you're trying to arrive at is when I combine this image with this bit of ad copy and this audience, it gets clicks and opt-ins from a certain type of person who ends up buying my program at the rate that I need them to buy need them to buy at. When you find that combination, you just spend more money, right? But it's a it's the process of finding that that combination of things. That's the challenge. It's not just throwing mud at the wall and trying to pick out what worked. It's progressively testing things and arriving at that outcome. It so it sounds like the first approach that you're saying there of having a
1: 200 million person audience and just throwing everything at it is acting as if you have one shot and you've got your entire ads budget and you're like well I've just got to go for a Hail Mary here and just throw everything at it and it doesn't matter if I don't learn anything because it just needed to work compared to this is one shot of many and I want to be running them for the next few years so how can I figure out what are the ingredients that are going to get the most return
0: I think the reason people behave like that and feel like they do just have one shot is because they don't trust the thing they're sending the clicks to, right? Like, they're like, oh, well, I have this one thing. I have 200 quid. I'm going to spend that money on ads. And if it doesn't work, then I need to go back to offline PT, right? That That's not how... Ads are never going to fix the problem if that's how you're approaching it. Um, and I think what you just said there of like you want it to be working for 10 years or five years or whatever. I think you want to view it as like, when when this doesn't work what then like what am I going to do next so you test one of those interests with a very small age range you test like a 500,000 person audience with some ad creative and when that doesn't work it's like well it's the next test it's the next experiment and like that it's painful right because sometimes you spend money on ads and you don't get the money back and it fe- you think well haha, ads don't work But if if everybody who'd ever run Facebook ads just ran one test and then stopped, then no one would have ever made money on ads ever. So it it is just this process of ruling out things that don't work so you can find the combinations that do. And that's that, you know, when you see people saying, like, I made a 10 times ROI on ads, it might've been for a period of time, but what they're not talking about is all the effort and the spend they put in to test to get to that point. And that's what a lot of people aren't willing to do. So i suppose to summarize beginner mistakes it is all like thinking it's going to happen really quickly it's the same as diet and training right think it's going to happen really quickly think it's just well do all of the exercises take all of the supplements eat none of the calories all at once and i'll lose loads of weight right like instead of progressively slowly sensibly build out this plan that might take me six months to get right but i'll have done it in a way that will last me forever versus something that lasted 28 days Nice. I can definitely see the appeal
1: of wanting to just go in the gym, smash every muscle, take all the supplements, just like throw everything at it and think, well, something's got to work. But I I still train like that. (laughs) 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 But it's, it's when it's cash that is not renewable. And then what have you done? You've blown your budget or the worst case, even worse. What if it works? What if it's amazing? Yeah. Then what? Oh, great. I've, um, I've made a hundred times ROI on my ad spend, but I don't know what it was that made it work so well.
0: Yeah, because I think like really the best problem to have with ads is you find typically the the process is like you'll you'll find two or three interests or demographics that work right, and when I say work, I mean you spend a hundred pounds, for example, to acquire a customer that spends 200 pounds initially and then goes on to spend a hundred pounds a month for months on end, right? So let's say your target for acquiring a customer is a hundred pounds, or hundred and fifty pounds. And this audience of 500,000 people, that's a certain interest. You find that that starts generating customers for that price, right? The The problem you then run into is, well, I want to get more customers from that. So I'm going to spend more. But as you spend more, you start running into this sort of, entropy problem where your cost per lead might rise or, you're, you know, you're using more and more and more of that audience. But that's such an efficient use of your budget because you're spending money on just audiences that you know contain your customers, right? right. Versus if you're spending a thousand pounds on lots of different stuff, 800 of that might be wasted. 200 might be doing something and 800 might be wasted. So as you scale your spend, you're walking on a narrower
1: and narrower rope. So you need to make sure that it's efficient
0: yeah. as you scale. Yeah. Uh, and like the, the the way to scale beyond that point is to find a second audience that works and then a third audience that works. But you can start to see how like as the numbers get bigger, this needs to be a very systematic process. If it's just like, oh, all these things might work, then you're really never going to get to the point where you can say, okay, it's time to find a second audience that's, that's proven or i know that these five ad creatives they're my proven ad creatives so i'm going to take those and that's what i'm going to find new audiences with so it, it does really need a lot of thought behind it rather than just uh, i've heard instagram ads are good let's press boost post
1: well there's one of the big unsung values of hiring a coach which you mentioned last episode in podcast land which is that by hiring a coach who has done a hell of a lot of testing with ads in our case I think about a million pounds in ads over the over the years is or, or, yeah. getting there. So, what you're doing is you're you're getting the shortcut. You're getting a head start on all that testing. Otherwise, you've got to do all that testing yourself. Much easier to say, well, we've tried that, didn't work. Try this, and then you've saved yourself a bunch of cash.
0: Yeah, and I like I still feel like I'm learning as well. It's it's weird. Like I don't think you ever it yeah it's yeah
1: more... we're, we're, we're not gurus we're not like we we're just people who have done this a lot more and i think when anyone steps into the position of saying like oh we've cracked it we we've understood the secret like either they are a ex-facebook employee that is about to get a, a hit put on them
0: mm-hmm. get whacked.
1: or they're they're lying
0: yeah i think as well it's it's very different running ads in this is something that's never spoken about really like a lot of the business teaching, a lot of the business guru market are teaching the funnel they're using to get business coaching clients. So like it's very similar to what we use in propane business, right? It's a, an ad to a VSL video sales ad or a webinar through to a call booking through to buying a program, right? That's generally how business coaching is sold. There's lots of specific reasons for that but it generally like sits well with sort of a business to business market because people want to have a conversation with the coach. And there's a lot of moving parts in business coaching. And also someone who's going to buy a business coach will also probably sit and watch a one hour training. If they won't, like they're probably not going to buy business coaching. Whereas a fitness consumer, it's different. Like the way they buy is different. The prices they'll buy at is different. The ad copy, the way they just generally are marketed to is different. And so we've definitely found in fitness ads and business ads, it's really different in how they, in the awareness levels of the market, right? You're selling to a PT and the the coach who's teaching you like what they are learning and what they're applying on their business is, they're selling to people who know what Facebook ads are, they're selling to people who know what funnels are, who know what all the sales tactics are. In a fitness market, they don't know that. They don't even really know it's an ad, right? They're like, we've had it before where, like people will comment on the ad and say like, Margaret, are you there? And stuff like that, right? <laughs> they, they think, oh, it's just, this is appearing on my Facebook. That's my Facebook. It's just me and my friends, right? And it might, it sounds ridiculous, but that that's people's perception of things. So you have to be very, it has it's very considered what you're doing in marketing to, marketing your personal training online. And so I think what we have, like there'll be people who spend way more ad spend than us, but what we have to offer is like i don't think very many people who are teaching that stuff have spent a lot of money on online pt i'm sure someone will tell me i'm wrong about that but i think it is it's very different in my opinion makes
1: sense it's got to be appropriate to the audience that you're marketing to and Definitely. and you you tried doing the um vsl auto webinar type funnel to fitness audience
0: and didn't really work it's just yeah it's at odds with how they make decisions right like in what in what other scenario in their life do they buy anything like that? Yeah, <laughs> it's, they're not ringing, ringing like speaking to people on the phone to buy stuff online. It's not not how it works. It just feels like
1: more obstacles in the way. Mm. So there we go. We have got to dash because we have another we have a weekly team meeting. That's so a little, little peek behind the scenes there. But hope that was useful for you guys. There's some common mistakes that coaches make for ads. We have also covered. Um, how to get a massive bloat and whether you should pass a pearl through your urethra or vomit uh, (laughs) a kilogram of honey every day so that's going to help you to grow your online fitness business if you want to have a chat with us about how we can help you you can always book in a call there's many ways to get in touch with us and we'll put the link in the description of this podcast and next week we will cover Louie's question on how to use social media tactics that successful PTs use while still being yourself and retaining your authenticity without pointing at words on a screen and being like, if you struggle with your fat loss, then avoid these exercises. If you're hearing that on podcasts, you, you didn't see me pointing and God, doing God, my... God, Yusuf sounds my, unwell. My best TikTok performance, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands On our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business, and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with you to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to so go to propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.